Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hi, everyone. I'm Cheryl Butler, and you're listening to the Mighty Mommy's Quick and Dirty Tips podcast, which will help make your life as a parent a little bit easier and a lot more fun. Welcome. Today, I am so excited to welcome a special guest to the show, author Dr. Jeannie Safer. Delighted to be here. <laughs> oh, great. We, oh, listen, your intro that I have for you is amazing. And Okay, let so me enjoy great. it. <laughs> it's so great to have you. Dr. Safer, Jeannie, um, has been a psychotherapist in New York City for 44 years, and she's the author of six great books on (laughs) taboo topics, things that people are thinking but nobody's talking about, such as problem siblings, forgiveness isn't always necessary, and choosing not to become a parent. She's also a veteran of a politically mixed marriage, which is so interesting. Um, She's a very liberal Democrat married to a super conservative Republican who is the senior editor of the leading journal of conservative opinion, the National Review. But they've learned to deal with their gigantic political differences, such as abortion and gun control, because they agree about almost everything else, which is much more important. Her newest book, I love this. I love you, but I hate your politics. Based on 50 interviews and her own life story, is going to be published by St. Martin's Press next spring in 2019. So, wow, that is a lot of great stuff right there. Welcome, Jeannie. It's so great to have you on the Mighty Mommy podcast. I'm delighted to be here, Cheryl. I really am. And because the subject, it's on everybody's lips and in everybody's family. And I'll tell you one thing, that even though my husband, Rick, is senior editor of National Review. Thank goodness he's not a Trump supporter. So for the first time in our 38-year marriage, we are actually kind of on the same side. Wow. And that's, it's, that's it's amazing. fun. <laughs> that gives you a lot more stuff to talk about over coffee in the morning then. Well, it, well, it gives you stuff to talk about because there, you don't have to censor yourself as much. But, <laughs> you know, you can because just, one I, of one of the things that I feel is essential in a mixed relationship, whether it's a marriage or a friendship or a family relationship, is that you really have to use self-control. And I know self-control is not very big these days because we're all supposed to let it all hang out. <laughs> but self-control is the name of the game to me. Oh, that's great. You know, what I love about for the book, I love the title. I love you, but I hate your politics. But it, it's going to resonate with so, so many people. But I love that this title just opens up into all the different hot button topics, obviously political differences, but there are other ones that can put our loved ones at odds with each other. So based all on the your, time oh, in yeah. every family, it's so in true. every family, because one of the things that I say um, and, you know, the people who are going to be on my cast, podcast, which is just starting actually today is its debut. Yes, I know. That's so um, exciting. It, it really is. And uh, just meeting the people and hearing their voices is so moving. But they've all had 
problems with people, even if you, even if you have the same identical politics, you're not going to agree on some core issues. No. There's no such thing. Other than looking in the mirror, the only kind of love that you can ever have that doesn't involve difference is when you look in the mirror. <laughs> oh, that is and not, not necessarily you love yourself either. But <laughs> No, but that's a great perspective on everything. Well, you know what? My listeners have had some questions over the year about some of these contentious situations amongst our families. So drawing on your expertise and, you know, some of this will come out of the research you've done for this book. I'd love to get started and, and jump right in. Absolutely. All right. So. Number one, what are some ways that we as family members or even friends, even coworkers, how can we keep the peace when difficult and those hot button topics such as politics and religion and all of that, when those enter into our relationships? It's no easy matter, Cheryl, and we have to really think about it in advance. But I think the most important thing is that you have to talk to the person about how you talk about things. Mm. You don't just do it when there's real problems, when one person is a Trump supporter, the other is a, you know, a socialist or whatever, or even in, in areas that don't have to do with politics, because everything that's related to politics and, and that we're talking about, as you said, can deal with any problem that people have where there's a disagreement. But so you have to talk about with the person how you're going to discuss things. And you're also going to have to think about it. You can't just talk. Sometimes you need to walk away. Sometimes you need to change the subject. Sometimes you need to say, look, this is really off the table. We can't talk about it. And most important of all, people don't think about this. You shouldn't raise your voice. Because mm -hmm. once you raise your voice, Cheryl, when you're talking to somebody about contentious things like Trump, they think you're yelling. And all communication stops. Right. Oh, that's great advice because that you're right. And people, it's so simple. And we don't, you know, I mean, I can find myself doing it. Mm -hmm. and, sure. and, and my poor husband, he, he, we were arguing about something recently, had nothing to do with politics. And I said, Rick, you're raising your voice. And he knew I've been writing about this. <laughs> you know what? That's great yeah, advice very, yeah. for all of our conversations. And, and basically, my next question, which you, you kind of brought this in with it, was how can you amicably agree to disagree? So that, you know, being up front, like you're saying, is talking, talking it through and deciding on things. Facing it. Yes. Facing that you really have a disagreement. And and one of the really important things about disagreeing is that you have to shift what your goal is in the conversation. I think this is the biggest piece of advice that I learned from all the people I talked to. And they were from all walks of life. They were married couples. They were gay couples. They were friends. They were young and old and middle-aged and from different uh, social economic. Anyway, all these people, that the thing that you have to do is to shift your perspective from trying to persuade the person to listening first and talking second okay. and not trying to change their mind. Wow, that's great. That is. I know it's so nugget. hard to think about. Um, you know, and and not that I don't struggle with this myself sometimes. I mean, uh, w you know, with Rick, and we obviously, when you know each other for forty years, either you figure out a way to deal with this, or you get a divorce, or you kill each other. Those are the three <laughs> options. <laughs> I don't know. Killing might be might, might be less expensive than a divorce. That's that's true, and it's it's a lot easier than than, than trying to control yourself and figure out how to do this, but. One of the things that I want to say that's, that's so startling to people is 
sometimes the best way to deal with a serious disagreement is to consciously avoid it. Okay. Well, you know what? That's really Isn't that shocking. <laughs> yes, it is. Because um, another one of the uh, questions a reader sent in to me, which was about another topic, but it's, it's closely related is how can you set up like a safety zone in your house or, yes. or in your relationship where you're not going to enter these hot button topics and you know, you want right. to still enjoy the rest of your relationship? Well, if this is an important thing. Now, now, so I believe because I'm a psychoanalyst, you know, I can't believe I've been in practice 44 years, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then I believe that, you know, behavioral fixes are band-aids to some degree. I mean, they are, but not that we shouldn't use band-aids, but the, the thing that underlies having this work is that you make a safe space and safe zone in your own mind. Okay. That you are not going to let certain things interfere with your love for this person. But um, there are some behavioral things that can help that along. Uh, here's my list. No TV in the bedroom. Mm, good. Uh, or no no political TV in the bedroom anyway. If somebody <laughs> changes the channel to Fox, you, know, you, you have my, my approval to say, uh-uh. <laughs> the, the remote um, comes out quickly then. And I also believe that, and we're talking about contentious situations, no politics at the dinner table. I remember I was at a party. It was a, a graduation party or something. And the, this whole family, you know, my husband and I were guests, were fighting about politics. And no, and since I was a guest, I didn't feel that I could do my thing and say, come on, people, let's stop. Yeah. But I think the host should have. Yeah, that's great. I, I think I, people just go on, you know, and we, we think of this as self-expression, but it's not. And the, everybody else at the table was miserable. Oh, yeah. It makes and it, this it happens awkward. so often. Did you read the statistic that people are spending less time together on Thanksgiving? Yes. And you know what? That it's we've, we've had that conversation on the Mighty Mommy podcast as well, because it's not worth it to people to have to face that. They'd rather just stay home and hunker I down know. and not not engage with their with their loved ones. It's, it's really but, sad. But Joe, how about saying to your loved one, look, this is not a topic we can talk about. You know, yes. we have different opinions. Um, you know, I respect your right to have them, but we're not going to get anywhere with that unless you can find a way. And this is very important. There are some people who can figure out a way to talk about these things in the abstract. Mm. Yes. Now, if you can do that, what do you think about how the Republicans are handling X? Or, you know, do you think Trump did the right thing by doing this or that? Or, you know, that kind of stuff. If you can do that, um, then go ahead and do it. But Whenever it starts to get personal or acerbic, you know, you really, I'm, I am hereby granting a, a permission to everyone in the world to walk away, to say, let's stop, you know, <laughs> you know, things like that. Isn't it amazing that people don't think of that? Well, you know what? You're you're giving me a lot of things to think about because um, I'm the mom of eight kids, and oh my um, goodness, most of them are in college or out of college or uh, that kind of thing. But you're, um, I still have a couple at home. But I am, I'm just thinking about so many different dynamics here that um, this advice oh. is so perfect for all these situations. But you know what, Jeannie? It seems like. People just don't give themselves, you know, we're so crazy busy. Everyone's running in a hundred directions. Kids are overscheduled. Families are doing extra That's jobs, right. extra taking things on. So people don't have that committed quiet time to kind of ground themselves. And like some of these suggestions are so simple, but people don't make the time to even think their own no, they thoughts. Don't. We're too busy on the internet. That's another thing I, wanna, I, I wanted to mention that um, 
I cannot tell you how many people I interviewed where they said, you know, my father unfriended me. Oh, or, yes. I mean, this is unbelievable. Or, right. you know, I read what my husband said on his website and I was outraged. And I'm mm. saying, well, do you read your husband's diary regularly? <laughs> you know, I said, well, you know, I know this is public, but learn. I, I know that this must sound like a Puritan, but don't look. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I well, don't people read, can't help I don't, I don't read my husband's editorials in National Review. I know what they say. Right. I know that he's for gun rights. I know that he doesn't believe in abortion. I know all that stuff. You know what? This is excellent because you had a C-SPAN TV book interview, which was fabulous. And one of the I think quotes, it's still going on, actually. Those things, you're immortal on them. Well, it, <laughs> it's wonderful. It was, it was great. It was it was a nice back and forth between you and, and the, the guy that was interviewing yes, you. Yes, Peter Slan. He was wonderful. And one of your quotes that really stood out with me was, you can't win because you can't change another person's mind about anything. Yes. So... So in that yes. instance, um, you know, when we want to take the high road or keep the peace or, or we have know-it-alls that, we, you know, there are those know-it-alls that no matter what you try to do, you always have them, you know, coming in and out. So what about, so how do you feel about that? About, uh, about know-it-alls? Just, well, or, about, or about changing them? Well, let's start with changing the mind. Yeah. Um, this was something that I learned through long, difficult experience uh, because I would think, you know, look, I mean, I, I try to persuade people for a living, right? <laughs> That's what I do. Um, but the fact is, you can only change somebody's mind when they want it to be changed. Yes. You know? Yes. When they're open. I mean, if somebody comes in and they're upset about being depressed and they want to, okay, that's a different thing. But my husband was perfectly comfortable with his ideas and he did not want to hear mine. Mm. You know, and, and at some point, I think it was a real shift for us that I stopped trying. Now, I'm not saying I gave up. I'm not saying any of that. I realized that I have plenty of people to talk about some of these issues about women's choice and things like that that are, that are precious to me. I don't have to talk to him about it. That says it all, is that you realize that you're the one. You can deal with these things yourself and reach out yes. to your own group, but you don't have to drag it into the house. And, and, and Yes, it's part of true adulthood. You know, it really is that there are limits in every relationship. I don't speak to some people that were in complete p- political sync about certain things that I know aren't going to go anywhere because y- you aren't in perfect sync with anybody ever completely. No. You know? And I-, I really have to say that I feel that it's enriched my marriage. Oh, that's great. To have these limits. It really has. Um and I was very proud of myself. And, and actually, my husband was proud of me, too, recently, because Ireland, you know, as you probably know, uh, yeah. finally, it's possible for a woman to have an abortion if she feels she has to in Ireland, which they never could do. Guess what I said when I saw this headline in The Times? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. Nothing. Oh, I not- said nothing. That speaks volumes, though. That yes. means- and this doesn't matter about the topic. I mean, some people were for get that, but I didn't feel the need at this point to right. say a word. Actually, he mentioned it. Wow. He said, oh, look, this is in the Times. But you know, I feel so much more in control because of this. I mean, we never had knockdown drag out fights anyway, because you mm-hmm. know, we thought about things in advance. But but really this is such it it brings so much peace 
to life when you know the limits and you know that once you realize and accept that you can't change another person's point of view, you do other things. You can talk about politics. You can talk about politics much more freely when you're not trying to do something you can't do. That's true. Very true. Because you know you're not trying to change that person's mind or you're doing it for a conversation, not to make a point. And That's uh, right. Now, that's right. Yeah, that's that's great because that in itself could help people just be more in harmony with one another. And on my show, it's, it's a parenting show with kids. Now, what do you think about this? Teaching our kids that this is such an important lesson yes. for our kids growing up. So how oh, where, absolutely. Where can we start or how could we start? Well, um, I, I have a very specific thought about that. I think showing is always better than telling. Okay. And if a parent has respects other people with different opinions, including her or his own children, that shows children to do that. It's better than a thousand books and a bunch of uh, self-esteem lessons to see that your parents hear you when you have different opinions. Mm. Okay. And one of the most moving, actually, interviews that I did in this book was, was with a father who was quite right-wing and his daughter, who was quite left-wing. And at some point, he realized that he was lecturing her and trying to explain things to her. And he said, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. She was pregnant with her first child. He said, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. And he started to cry. And that changed everything. Wow. It was amazing because oh. he stopped trying to explain or I don't even know if he was trying to change her mind, but, but he was over the top of it. And it really made a difference. So I think the thing that we can always do, you know, it's, it's very much like the kind of thing I said about, uh, about, siblings that you have to show these experiences you have to you have to deal with it and then your children will see it right it doesn't have to be hush hush and it doesn't have we can show them out you know that mom and dad have these yes right and and then it makes it okay it doesn't seem like it's something that you have to be ashamed of or or frightened by right you know you can see that your parents can disagree and you don't have to say, you see, mommy and daddy disagree. You do it, you know, in a respectful way. And guess what? Your children model it. That's why I do believe that they, they, they are such sponges and they're watching. Oh all yeah. The time. Yes. And, and they take the in much more than anybody knows. Right. Right. And then yeah, we can give them credit for a lot more than they get credit yes, for because for sure. They're better at some of these things than than the adults are. So so in a family situation, what do you think um, is the most important dynamic when there is a a contentious situation that people can at least try to grab onto to bring some peace to the situation? We've been talking about that more or less. Yes, this is is what people are desperate to know. I believe that you should address it directly. Mm -hmm. You can sometimes say, look, we cannot discuss this. It's bad for our relationship. It's bad for our family if it's at a dinner table or you know a holiday celebration. And really, you don't have to allow this to happen. I, I give everyone permission to walk away. Mm-hmm. If people get angry that they're not allowed to say their piece, you can say, look, you can say it, but 
we need to find a different way to talk about it. One thing that I found was very interesting in couples that were having struggles with this, because a lot of people came to me because they didn't know what to do. They're married for 92 years and they're, you know, just about to get a divorce over Trump. And uh, one of the things they do, I have a name for it. I called it article thrusting. Do you know what article thrusting is? No, but I'm dying to know. This is not something that you should do at home. Um, <laughs> very often, the one of the couple would find on their uh, at the table on, on their seat or on their plate at breakfast an article from their spouse about a political thing that they disagreed with. Oh, oh yes. There, it is so common. It is it's common in the workplace, to be very honest with you. It is unbelievable. <laughs> and this is the fastest way to turn somebody off in the whole world. Now, one couple that I spoke to had a really interesting way of dealing with this, and people will be able to hear this on my podcast. It's two older men who are old friends. One is very right. One is very left. They're fabulous to listen to. They're, they're a model for the world, I think, in how you can talk about politics. And the liberal guy said to his friend, he said, Harry, I want to ask you, if I find an article, and they were both very smart too, um, if I find an article that speaks to you know something that I, I believe in, would you read it? Would you be willing to read it? And then he said, the next line, he said, of course, I'd be, you know, if there's something that you want me to see, I'll look at it too. And the next line was the most important, Cheryl. We do this very infrequently. Isn't that great? It is great because they found a way to share things, which isn't going to put the other person out because they've addressed, like you said. It's respectful. It's not intrusive. You know, it's acknowledging. And I bet they they did look at each other's opinions. And they save specific, really important articles that that really mean something. That's right. Do this with it's not. That's right. Something that they see every day in the paper. That's right. So no article thrusting. If it's a married couple, no politics in the bedroom. And you also have to be respectful and accepting that another person does have other ideas. My, my, my most striking example of people who needed some help to stop doing what they were doing, this was a, a couple who were married for many years. They were both very highly trained professionals, thoughtful, and they, clearly they had a lovely relationship. They came from out of state to see me to talk about this. Wow. Um, he was quite conservative and she was quite liberal. and. So they were talking about how they deal with politics at home. And he said, she won't let me listen to Fox in the house. And I said, what? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I, I, you know, they have a three-story house. And he was like taping some Fox shows in the basement. <laughs> and she said, no, you can't do it in this house. Oh, my it, goodness. It wasn't that she was hearing it. Oh, but it was in her house, in her it space. It was in the air. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm sorry, this needs to change. You know, oh. if you're blasting it, that's one thing. But if you're listening in, you know, in the privacy of the, of the, uh, I don't even think it should have to be in the basement. Right. And you know, how about headphones in the same room if you want. Mm. But I thought this was really intrusive, you know, a, a kind of control that wouldn't work with a two-year-old and certainly shouldn't work with a 62-year-old. No, no, that's, that's great. Oh my goodness. That gives people a lot to think about today. Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it, it, the, my last question for you is, so we've been talking about the challenges posed by politically mixed couples and, and friendships and such. 
but you just mentioned earlier on that you feel that this has strengthened your marriage and you know you feel oh, yeah. blessed so what um so what are some of the benefits do you, of this this for you that you know firsthand in your own marriage um sharing these different political views what what do you well has what i'm really struck by is first of all that Nick's marriages like mine are so rare and they're getting rarer and i think that's very sad because that means you're missing a lot of potential soulmates right and well, some some of the things that it's done for me, it's actually made me in a certain way more open-minded, because you know I've I've lived with the conservative and in the conservative world as a kind of mascot for an awfully long time, mm. um, and I'm in the rare position because of this of having actual friendships with people that I disagree with. I was just going to ask you that question. I was going yes. to ask you if you, yes, that speaks a lot about you, <laughs> and it's a great example well, for all of us because why can't but really. You know, the, the notion of shared core values, and I'll, I'll tell you, Joe, as we're ending, what I feel is the most important core value in any relationship, that is parents and children, friends, husbands and wives, colleagues. I call it the cancer test. And the cancer test is the only criteria that I believe we should apply to intimate relationships. That is... And this is, I'm, I'm quoting my beloved husband for saying this. He said, when you're in a hospital bed getting chemotherapy, which both of us have been in that position, you do not ask the party registration of the person standing next to you getting you through it. Wow. That's what counts. Mm, I love and I'm that. not talking, obviously, just about having cancer. I'm talking about when a person is there when you need them, when they understand you, when they love you. That's the core value that matters to me. Absolutely. That's that's beautiful. And that's that is, you know, that's what it's like relationships being together as families and co-workers and all of this. That's the bottom line. And that's what is just makes these relationships so special and important. And when these other things get in the way, it's just yes. it, it, it makes sad. you see what really matters. And Actually, listeners will be able to hear me interview my husband. I'm doing that on one of my own podcasts. And we get to sing a madrigal together. And we, we're not too bad. <laughs> we met in a singing group. That's oh. why I know about you know some of these things is because we shared things that were outside of politics from the get-go. That's so that's so important, and that's that's so great um, for all of us to keep those things in mind. Listen, can you t- tell us um, where can people um, tune into your podcast? It, today is the debut, to the opening day. Yes. Yeah. This this is the first day of the podcast. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> but no. the first one actually is a married couple. She is quite a passionate Republican, and he is a a centrist. They uh, they fight beautifully on CNN. Oh, nice. They're this both is... on CNN together, and they figured out how to do it, which is amazing. Oh, that's great. Oh, it's it's going to have a lot of people are going to love this because it's just so common. It's You just can't go anywhere where this, this topic is not happening. So, Well, um, I, I, I hope that, that by thinking about some of these things, we can make the tone a little bit more decent and civil, you know, when we talk about politics. It, God knows we need it. Oh, it in certainly... families, in, in public and private. We really do show. So thank you so much for having me on. And, oh, Jeannie. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a joy to talk about these things. And, and I really hope it, it matters to your listeners. 
Oh, our listeners are going to really, they're going to glean a lot of wonderful nuggets from this. I certainly have, and I know they will as well. It's great information. Best of luck with your thank new you book. Thank you so much. And your projects and your podcast. And um, thank you again for sharing your time with us. Much. You're very welcome. All Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks to Dr. Jeannie Safer for joining me today. Be sure and check out her new podcast, I Love You But I Hate Your Politics, on Apple Podcasts. If you have friends and family that would enjoy listening as well, I'd love it if you'd share the link to this podcast and refer them to the website, which is www.quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty-mommy. Here, you'll find hundreds of archived episodes covering a wide variety of parenting and family-related topics. As always, thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy parenting! Happy parenting!